Hello everyone and welcome to your NARSA weekly update for the week commencing Monday the 9th of January 2023. It's scary here again and well we had a game that was at the weekend folks, yes we did for the first time in what feels like forever. It really was. We had a game on a weekend. Remember remember those things, games on the weekend? It was nice to get back to some sense of normalcy and uh, kind of have to get up a wee bit earlier on a weekend game for a wee change. And it was actually not too bad because it was 9am where I am. So it wasn't too, too early a start to get us back into the weekend fixtures. But that was nice and pleasant. Firstly, for this week, I did want to start by acknowledging that I didn't mention the anniversary of the Ibrox disaster that uh, took place on our actual recording day last week, which was, of course, the 2nd of January. And that was completely, it was just a miss, a total miss on, on my behalf, totally my bad and completely unintentional. With the festive period and, and the lack of kind of genuine routine and I didn't get as much desk time as I normally get and a whole bunch of different excuses, um, that, that kind of affected my ability to get some research done for the pod and I inadvertently missed this one. It wasn't until after I actually recorded, sent the recording away for um, for the, the packaging that I then started to look on the internet and I was like, oh my word, that was a bit of a miss. So, and it's all the more ironic, quite frankly, because I do have a tattoo commemorating the significant moment in Rangers history as well. So to miss out on it, was uh, just silly and so if anyone was wondering and or upset by the fact that I didn't include it last week no one did get in touch to say that they were they were upset about it so that's that's a good thing but if you were please accept my apologies and just know that that is not my typical MO and I will do my very very best to make sure that that will not happen again I'm going to blame the old firm game for last week and the, the excitement of trying to get recorded as quickly as possible after the game time to see what that looked and felt like. Anyway, on to the game segment. For the week, we just the one game, of course, last week, and it was yesterday's 2-0 uh, win away at Tannadice against Under United with the goals coming. With it, with the, what was that first goal like? The, an absolutely brilliant opener from Fashion Sakala. What a, what a move, actually, and what a finish. And a second from Malik Tillman, remember I keep saying about what his stats must be like from when Beal arrived. If I've got time this week, I don't actually think I will have, but if I do have time this week, I'm going to actually try and see what's, what his stats look like since Beal arrived in the, ga the six games that he's played. Because in terms of the contribution and his goals return as well, it must be incredible. Anyway, the, the first half admittedly was pretty pants, wasn't it? It just was not good at all, not a whole lot to report at all in the first half there in terms of, of chances or even entertainment of, of any, any note really. But the second half, you know, got better. It kind of started a wee bit like the how, how the first had kind of played out. But then we had that one fantastic move. And as I mentioned earlier there, what about that finish? You know, to flick it up with one foot and then rifle it home in the volley with the other foot. That's goal of the season contender right there, not just for the finish, but for the move that led up to that, which he himself started. And then we then just, I thought we stepped it up a gear and, and were, in, were in brilliant shape really for the remainder of the half and didn't look like we were in any danger at all. In fact, I think I, over the course of the whole game I'm talking about now, I think I just remember the one real attacking chance that Dundee United had in the, in the first half that we kind of took care of, John McLaughlin, 
kind of um, you know broke up that play there. And other than that, we were defensively solid. It looks like Connor Goldson and and uh, Davies there have really got that that partnership feel to it that we kind of hoped that they would have until the injuries kind of took their toll there for that period of time. But we were very defensively solid. And and just it looked like a, a unit, you know, from from back to front. And so yeah, long may that sort of stuff continue. Positives from the game, the result, of course, and the the quality of the goals, as I mentioned, another clean sheet for Michael Beale's team uh, is is again progress for the team because clean sheets were quite hard to come by under Giovanni van Bronckhorst. And I didn't I didn't think overall it was a, a particularly great performance by Dundee United specifically. Uh, usually they're a wee bit more up for it, but I was delighted that after that kind of downer of a first half, that the team Rangers didn't play down to the opposition like we have or had at least a habit of doing with certain teams in this league. And it doesn't seem to be discernible to either home or away. We have a habit of doing that either home or away. So that's a positive that we didn't do that. We just kept plugging away and, and Michael Beale did what he does at half time and then gave us the, the impetus to go and win the match. Another positive, Alan McGregor got a wee bit of a rest and John McLaughlin came in and didn't, as I mentioned, have, have a whole hell of a lot to do. But he looked okay because he's an okay goalkeeper and it was quite interesting to hear Michael Beale's comments before the match on Rangers TV when he was prompted to, to answer why John McLaughlin was in and Alan McGregor wasn't. And he said, that you're basically because I've chosen that John gets a chance to start. He believes that John deserves a chance to start. And he mentioned the fact that we've got three first choice, or we've got three goalkeepers who could be first choice as well. So hopefully that was a wee bit of a nod of the head or a tip of the cap to Robbie McCrory as well to say, you know, you've signed that new deal, that doesn't mean that you're going to be on the outside, that you're going to get a chance. And, and I would like to see him get a chance in, in net as well. So we'll see how that goes. Negatives from the game, quite honestly, not too many negatives when you go away to a venue. That can be a little bit thorny for us, certainly in the last couple of years, or three, two or three seasons, and come away with the three points, a clean sheet, and no real drama. You know, I think, I think that's... A, um, I think that's that's pretty good, you know, so not, not very negative there. Yeah, the first half was was instantly forgettable. I don't think we'll ever talk about that again, but from the, the second half was very good and is another glimpse of where Michael Beale wants to take us, you can tell that. And one wee negative was that Tony Goals did return for the first half, didn't really do a whole hell of a lot of, of anything. I think he had one shot maybe on, on target and it just didn't seem to be working and I thought he got taken off at half time because... It just it wasn't working for him. And remember, that's the first time Michael Beale has had a chance to see him in action. But my understanding is that he might have another injury now. I was just reading a report now before I started recording on Sky Sports that where Michael Beale had said that his injury is not the same calf injury he had before. It's a different one, but it's a wee bit lower down, kind of more towards his Achilles. So that's obviously a concern and, and a real downer as well. So hopefully nothing too serious. It did make it sound like it, the, the, taking him off was a wee bit more precautionary rather than him actually breaking down and not being able to continue. So hopefully that's the case and we can see Tony Goals back sooner rather than later. Obviously with Kamar Roof being there and Alfredo Morelos getting some game time as well, it's maybe not quite as dire as it was when he went off injured then, you know, that, that you know, 5-6 game, you know, but I guess it was, when was it, November time, whenever it was, um, that he got injured in the first place. So, as I say, hopefully nothing serious. On the referee watch, Stephen McLean didn't do a whole lot wrong that I can remember. I don't think he might have gotten his card 
book out a wee bit earlier for some persistent, niggly, annoying stuff, but for whatever reason, he decided to wait until injury time at the very end of the game to produce the only yellow card of the game. And then there was another potential handball VAR check that again came to nothing, as the rules state, if your hands are next to your body, then it's not a penalty. But I'm sure the conspiracy theorists out there from the East End will be salivating over that one. But uh, on, on referee Stephen McLean, I don't remember being hugely annoyed by him, so he'll get the staple 7 out of 10 for a job decently done. Just the one game this week, and it's the League Cup semi-final at Hamden against Aberdeen, and this one is on Sunday, the 15th of January, and that's a 10am Eastern Standard Time kickoff, 3pm in the UK. And the last time we played... Aberdeen was, of course, that magnificent injury time Scotty Arfield <laughs> show at Pataudry not so long ago to absolutely break their spirits and their hearts and their minds. And it was brilliant and good to rub it right in them. And as nice as that was, I just did to be for, or to be straight and for the record, I'd much prefer that we take proper care of business during the regular 90 minutes this time with no real drama or carnage or garbage like that and cement our place in the final. It's such, I have to say on that, it's such strange strange timing that we have when we have the first semi-final on Saturday afternoon, yeah, Saturday afternoon UK time, of course, for two teams from the west of Scotland, very close essentially to Hamden. And then on Sunday afternoon, for the biggest of the two matches, and, and this one involves a team who have to travel there from the northeast of Scotland, and we're playing on the Sunday. Not that I'm advocating for Aberdeen or their fans at all, because I can't stand them. But my word, SFA, like surely you could do um, something a wee bit more sensible than that and, and not have the fathers travelling support come have to come down on the Sunday and then try and get back on a Sunday night, you know, before the work week starts again, at least play that one on the Saturday, be a wee bit fair, but I guess, what do I know? And I, I kind of don't really care as long as Rangers get the result that we desperately need. For RTV, I didn't hear anything at all on RTV this past weekend, which is a good thing. And just the usual kind of recommendation, if if you, especially when we've got a weekend between games, because it's been quite some time since we've done that, like just make sure your account is good and set up and up to speed so that you're in good shape to to get the game incident free on Sunday. And uh, this is a League Cup and it is included in your RTV package for the season. So no uh, uh, no additional logistics or costs or anything like that in there. For shout outs for this past week, I did want to pass on a very special and very, very belated happy 70th birthday to the Rangers Supporters Club of Calgary's very own Vice President, Alec Liddell, who was 70 in early December. Now, I knew it was Alex's birthday. Um, I just didn't realise, for some reason I had it in, in my head, he was, he was 69 in, in December there. So I didn't, I, I don't even remember why I didn't particularly mention it at the time, because normally I would if, if I could, but for it to be a 70th and then for me to just let it pass in such a significant birthday, that's Totally my bad on that one, Alex. I'm sorry about that. I will buy you a pint 
the next time I can. I got suitably chastised over a beer at the club yesterday after the game for that one. So Alex, for those who know him, is not very backward at coming forward. And I guess he decided to wait uh, just over a month and then just give me it right on the chin, which he did and I fully deserved it. So my apologies and belated happy birthday, my friends. Sorry about that again. A wee update on my sister Debbie, who, as I told you last week, had a bit of a fall outside my house after a few wobbly pops and the after, after the bells on New Year. She had a hell of a week last week, an awful week, quite frankly, but did have surgery on Friday and is now at home recovering and not feeling as bad as she was last week because uh, the pain was absolutely incredible for her. So uh, hopefully she's on the road now solidly to, to recovery and, and she'll go back in a couple of weeks and see what they say about the recovery and then we'll, we'll get a wee bit more information about that. So for anybody that cares, Debbie is doing okay now. I care, so hopefully um, she'll, she'll be okay as time goes on. I also received um, a bit of an update today uh, from Brian Campbell who had alerted me to the passing um, of a fellow by the name of Ian Campbell who my understanding is is no relation to, to Brian but was a founding member of the Sarnia Rangers Supporters Club over in Ontario and Ian's wife Julie had put a post on Facebook which was um, forwarded or mentioned or I don't know what the terminology is on Facebook my apologies by Therese Ferguson and it said what a wonderful lifetime of memories I have with my darling Ian who passed this morning his health struggles are now over and there was a there was a cracking picture with the two of them with some lovely scenery in the background as well so I didn't know Ian personally but I do understand that he loved life he loved his wife and, and his family and and also the world famous Glasgow Rangers so on behalf of NASA I would like to pass on our sincere condolences to Julie, Ian's family and friends and everyone at the at the Sarnia, the, the now defunct Sarnia club, but who, who still are, are going strong and supporting the, the, the team from over there as well. So such sad news to start the, the year with, but sincere condolences from everyone over here at NARSA. On to NARSA 2023 and the convention update. I can officially confirm it's 156 Days and 22 weeks until Toronto Midtown go ballistic in the centre of Toronto and give us a party that we will not forget. The, a reminder of the hotel rooms and, and the convention tickets are still on sale. And as I, as I mentioned last week or maybe over the last couple of shows that I do expect to see a lot of activity. They're not sold out yet, so, so don't worry too, too much about that. But please don't wait too, too long either. If you are planning on attending, please don't delay and, and then you'll, you'll get what you... You need by booking the hotel and the the tickets. Just a reminder that the tickets are two hundred and twenty five Canadian dollars for all three nights, and that includes the grand banquet, includes the Tamplunket Blue Night, and includes the welcome night. Obviously, that's in reverse order. The welcome night's the first night. The the Walter Smith Memorial Grand Banquet is the last night. Now, here to add a wee bit of context, they're at two hundred and twenty five dollars Canadian for three nights of entertainment with your brothers and sisters from all over the world and, and, and there to celebrate being a Blue Nose and celebrate everything Rangers Football Club. I was speaking to a pal of mine at the club yesterday, Jimmy Hutchins, and he was asking if I was going to the Calgary Burns Club's Burn Supper this month. And I said, oh, right, maybe I'll check my calendar, see what, what the dates are, how much are the tickets? And the tickets were, I think it was either 235 or $240 Canadian for one night of entertainment. That includes a haggis dinner, includes a nip 
um, of whiskey as well, some Highland dancing and then a keynote speaker from, from back home as well. But for one night's entertainment, it's $200, say, let's say $40 for three nights of world-class entertainment, including, you know, of course, the Pride of the Rock Flute Band, including Cy Ferry as the DJ, including some Rangers VIP legends, which I'll get to in a second here. And and including, you know, getting a chance to, to see and celebrate how things are done in Toronto. I think that's cheap at half the price. I really do. So another another uh, reminder that the Holiday Flight, Flight Centre uh, have their full packages on sale for folks coming from, from the UK. So if you are interested in that, you can either call uh, Rosie and team at the number that I'll put in the blog for tonight. Or you can go to attheconvention.com, all one word, at the convention. Dot com and you'll get to see what they have to offer and that's just a one-stop shop of, of experience from flights to transfers in Toronto to your event tickets to your hotel rooms as well so if you if you're interested in a one-stop shop then please go there and Rosie and team will look after you so a little bit of a guest announcement and I haven't had a chance to do that for this convention this year and I know we're in January and we have been waiting on some some answers from folks and and the like but we you will see or you will hear a little bit more about guest announcements over the next wee while but as I've mentioned before what we do every year is we say to the local host club give us a list of you know three to five of, of your preferred candidates that you would like to to have us approach and see if they can come uh, come over and then that's exactly what we do we approach them and then we get an idea of of exactly whether they can or, or are willing to to make it over we did that with the host club and one of the people that were on their list is is none other than the legend that is Mr Willie Henderson Yes, it's not many players in world football who can say that they've played in teams alongside legends like George Best and Puskas and Alfredo Di Stefano. And, uh, of course, playing with teammates, uh, Rangers legends, Jim Baxter, Davey Wilson, Ralph Brand and Jimmy Miller. But Willie Henderson did just that. And I'll give you a wee bit of a bio here. He signed for Rangers back in 1959 at aged just 15 years of age and... And he they fought off apparently they fought off about forty five clubs at the time you know from some big heavyweights like Tottenham, Liverpool, Manchester United, and then he made his debut a couple of years later in front of forty five thousand fans in a two one win over Clyde. Went on to make four hundred and twenty six four hundred and twenty six appearances for Rangers, scoring sixty two goals in the process, and that's quite incredible when at that time in that era. The, the winger's main job was just to provide chances for the strikers. It wasn't actually to score them, you know, in and of themselves. He won two league championships, four Scottish Cups and two league cups, including a treble in 1963-64. And he was also part of, of the, the Rangers team who reached the final of the European Cup Winners' Cup in both 1960-61 and 60-60-67. And as well, he played in the same competition from 71-72, but didn't but was had actually left the club by the time the team went to Barcelona to actually pick up the trophy at the, um, at the third time of asking, or certainly in the third time of, of Willie's era of asking as well. And he was also capped 29 times for the national team. His, Willie's support of, of NARSA since since we had a chance to, to get him over in Vancouver in 2016 has been nothing short of incredible. He would do anything for us. I think you might remember me talking before for regular listeners anyway, that he was signed up to come over to, to Las Vegas and... 
and then he had a conflict with the Lee Rigby Memorial uh, football um, event that was going on around about the same time and he had already committed to doing that. That's the type of style of guy that he is, makes a commitment, he will stick to it. So he was gutted not being able to make it to Vegas um, but he, when I spoke to him last, I think it was last Thursday, we finally got a chance to actually chat on the phone and he was thrilled to be asked again and delighted to, to be coming along and absolutely jumped at the chance as well. And if anybody has at any time in Wally's company, you'll know how great company he actually is. And the stories don't ever seem to end. Some of the VIPs we get, they've got their kind of bank of stories. Wally's doesn't seem to actually have any end to it. He's just got a story for everything. He can sit with you for hours and hours and hours. And, and what a fascinating, entertaining and brilliant servant and ambassador for the club that we've managed to snag there. So, yeah, Willie, Willie Henderson is our first official VIP that we have announced and we are working on some others uh, right now, literally right now as, as I speak. So hopefully we'll get more announcements over the next wee while. So if anyone's actually waiting to see who's coming, um, hopefully over the next wee while as we build up the, the pool of, of VIPs that are coming that'll convince you that this is going to be an event not to be missed. Just a wee reminder from, from the convention and an extension to the convention that the NASA exec are going to be in, what's that now? That must be about three weeks, I guess, three weeks on Friday. Uh, the first weekend in February, that's the 3rd to the 5th, to do a hotel walkthrough, meet with the hotel staff. Enjoy a game with the, the Toronto Midtown Club, which will be uh, probably at the time still with the Toronto Central or at the Toronto Central uh, Central location. Uh, we, we do still have to figure out our logistics for the general meeting, which is going to be in that weekend time frame as well. I sincerely hope. It is, if the logistics don't work out for that, we might just have to host it the next again weekend and just do it over Zoom like we did the... Uh, during the COVID restricted times as well but uh, hopefully it will be that weekend if we can get the logistics to be organised as much as we come so more to come on that but as I mentioned before if you're in the area and, and fancy coming down we'll, we'll have a few beers uh, certainly on the on the Friday night for shoot well we'll have a few beers the whole weekend quite honestly but we'll probably try and organise something on the Friday night formally and then hopefully get a chance to catch up with some old and new friends at the same time on the excursions, we've we've had a, had a couple of inquiries uh, on the excursions of, of what it is we're trying to get organised. I know Andy and John and team are working very hard on that. Some of the events that they're trying to organise were, were kind of in a little bit of cold storage towards the end of last year and saying we're not really ready to talk logistics and commitments until January. So we're in January now and we're ready to go. So my understanding is that the golf will be the first one to get, to get organised and that should be sometime this month to get organised for that. As soon as we have the details, the, the Toronto Midtown team will get them out there. We'll, we'll, we'll get that out in conjunction with ourselves as well to reach as many people as we can and start to get those sold out as well. So, you know, stay tuned. More information to come on VIP guests, on excursions and the like over the next wee while. On the communication section, not a whole hell of a lot really going on from a communication perspective over the last wee while. You know what I've actually had as a bit of a note to talk about from, from the communication front this last wee while? When I was talking, for again for regular listeners, at the beginning of December, I guess it probably was, probably about a month ago, we did a kind of wee special on the Dave King interview with Club 1872. And my understanding was that the two videos that they had posted on their, their private YouTube channel, or maybe it's not private, but on their YouTube channel, that was was parts one and two of three. So I was expecting the, the third one, and I've never I've never 
I've never got wind that, that there actually is a third one that's been published. So if anyone here is a member of Club 1872, I am not, and you have that information, please send it over and, and I'd love to do a wee bit of a synopsis and kind of round off the, the third instalment, if there is indeed a third instalment on that. But uh, I did thoroughly enjoy the first two. I, I know Dave and, and I really enjoy him talking and, you know, some of the stuff was quite grim listening, quite honestly, you know, it wasn't all positive, but... It was. Um, it's always good to hear from him and hear where he's at and hear what his plans are and what he's doing and, and things like that. So yeah, I'd like to see if there actually is a third part to that and kind of round that one off, as I say. But the main thing I did commit to last week was trying to source to see whether we could actually get tickets for the Five Stars uh, Captain's Dinner event, which was last Thursday and Friday. We... We did manage to secure them. To, to actually wait so late was my bad. I mentioned that last week. And and then just in the in the final throws, it was just too much to, to try and um, have them kind of stop and, and organise. It was too much uh, inconvenience for them, quite rightly so. I know what it's like in the final throws of organising any events over here in Calgary or the conventions in and of themselves. And for somebody to trap up in the last week and go, hey, can you get some tickets? <laughs> is, uh, is a tad annoying, quite frankly. So I don't uh, I don't say that with any disparity or anything like that, if that's even a word. I don't know what it is, but by all accounts, the event, when I mean, two, the, both events were completely sold out, of course. And uh, everybody had a brilliant time from what I could see, the limited stuff that I've seen online, I have to admit. There's a wee, it's not very often I envy uh, my, my blue nose brothers and sisters back home, but this was one that would have been an absolutely brilliant event to have been part of. And, and they had, for those that don't know, they had Richard Goff, they had Barry Ferguson, they had Davey Weir, they had Lee McCulloch, they had Lorenzo Amoruso, they had Terry Butcher, and they had Craig Moore all there. I mean, what a list of absolute heavyweights and stalwarts of some hugely successful times in, in Rangers history as well. And what a plethora of stories, you know, in terms of, you know, nine in a row and in terms of, you know, some of the managers that they would have worked under and, and, and for... And even, you know, thinking more about uh, Lee McCulloch there and, and you know, the, the turmoils he would have had during his captaincy in, in, the, in the lower divisions and, and that sort of thing. It was, it's some, there must have been some incredible stories. And, and the MC for the event was RTV's very own Tom Miller. Um, and he always, he always does a good job of that sort of stuff as well. So, um, yeah, uh, maybe we'll get a chance to see some video footage or whatever, but some of the, some of the, the, the photographs and stuff were, were to be envied, I have to admit, and I don't mind admitting that for, for such heavyweights there as well. Okay, okay, folks, that will, that will do it for this week. As always, I, I, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank every single one of you for, for listening. I, I, I don't take that, uh, that your time lightly, and, and please do share it with whomever you think uh, might enjoy it. Until next week, I hope you have a great week, and uh, this time when I talk to you again next week, that we have a League Cup final to look forward to against Kilmarnock on the 26th of February. So until next week, please do take care of yourself and all the very best folks, okay? Cheerio.